Hello everyone, and welcome back to the 16 Bitchin' Podcast. It's just me today, just me. It hasn't been just me in what feels like forever. I've interviewed so many YouTubers lately, uh, I think it, has it been three of them in a row, three podcasts, it's been just an interview in a row, you know what, I don't know, I don't know, but welcome today, where it's just me, on the 16 Bitchin' Podcast, part of the Retro Refresh family, all that good shit that I have to say at the start, or I'll forget. Today, I'm going alone because, ah, to be honest with you, it just feels like I haven't done it in a while, the last time I did it was um, when I was taking a look back at old Sega Head episodes, which was a good one. I might, I might continue that because I didn't, I didn't cover all of the Sega Head episodes. There's still a few to talk about, so maybe I'll do that sometime soon. Let me know what you think. If you would like that, put it in the comments. If not, then I won't do it. Give a fuck. Today I've picked three games, and we're just going to natter away about them. But first, I want to get onto just some personal stuff to talk about. It's nothing detailed. Don't worry. I'm just going to say what's been going on. It's been a bit weird on the Sega Head channel, which, by the way, you want to subscribe to if you're listening somewhere else. Go there on YouTube. There are links in the description and all that good shit, you know. Please. The channel's been really weird lately. Um, I'll have a video out that does really well one week, and then the next week, an absolute fuck-up. And then I'll have, like, the the uh, April Fool's video, which depressingly did well. It's like, I kind of wish I had done worse. It's like, ah, shit, maybe I should do ASMRs from now on. ASMRs, sorry. Autonomous Meridian Sensory Response. And I promise I'll never do that again. <laughs> so, yes, I'm just being a bit silly. Today was a good one for me. Today i got to go to the car boot sale. Yes, car boot season has once again started. I was able to go out and buy a ton of shit. As I'm recording this, this was the day I went out with uh, Bill Thorpe and my good mate Comic Rob. So you can actually see some footage of that on um, Bill's channel, Games Made of Cardboard. I was meant to talk to him about podcast stuff while I was with him today, but I completely forgot and we just ended up chatting shit, as you do. Which is good, because it's nice to know that we're good enough friends outside of YouTube to be able to do that. It's not all just YouTube this and podcast that and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's nice to know we can just be mates outside of this shit. So that's one thing I've often thought about is when I eventually quit YouTube, how many people will I still be in touch with? How many people will actually want to remain friends? And more than anything, I hope that Tom and Lacey want to remain friends because they are the best friends I've made for all of this. It's, it's insane how well I get on with that nutty duo who still refuse to be on this podcast because they think they would make a boring episode, and that's horseshit. Go and heckle them now. Go to their channel and say, How dare you think that you should be on the 16 Bitchin' Podcast? You're part of Retro Refresh, aren't you? Get on it! Get on with it! And all that stuff. There's probably some other stuff I would have liked to talk about, but right now... Can't think of it. Oh yeah, Sega Head episode. New one I'm trying to work on. Um, I had an idea for one. But unfortunately, the tech involving it, uh, I don't want to spoil it in case I can fix it down the line, but it's gone a bit tits, and I can't actually get on with it right now. I hope to be able to in the future, but at this point in time, it's a big fat no, and that sucks. So I got another idea, but it's its not that it's a weak idea, it's that it's missing something. So I'm coming up with something else to ask people what they would want, I guess, and see how that goes. We'll, we'll see. 
But anyway, we're going to go on to today's three games. And they've all got something in common. It's a slight theme. It's a horror theme. No, it's not Halloween. And you know what? I don't fucking need Halloween to talk about horror. Alright? I don't. I love horror games. I don't like ones that are all about jump scares. The odd jump scare here and there in a horror game is to be expected. It should be there. It should. But is it needed? God, no. It's, it's not a needed thing. And when there's too much of it, yeah, you bore the piss out of me. You really do. Like that game, uh, Until Dawn. You played that? Fucking filled with jump scares. A few of them? Ah, you got me. Well done. And then when you're after that few of them, it's just like, yeah, great. Is this it? Is this the game? I make progress. You go, boo! Oh, yeah, cheers. Ah, I suppose. Yeah. None of that today, though. Today, we're going to go straight to the modern game, which, to be honest, isn't all that modern anymore. But before anyone gets put off, because the TV series for this was a huge hit. Even my dad liked the TV series. That's fucking saying something, because he's not into that kind of shit. He doesn't do zombies or any of that kind of nerdy stuff. He's totally not into it, never has been. But he watched this, and he enjoyed it. So that's saying something. It really is. This game built a game-creating company. A game-creating company that we all know and loved and did tremendously well for a time until they just overworked themselves and fucked themselves up. They basically got too big for their boots and just, yeah, corrupted from the inside. It's tragic that the company died. The company was called Telltale. Yeah, so many promising things to them, but I think they tried to put out too many games at once. They overworked their staff, and it just turned to shit. It just turned to shit. But the game that made them big... Oh. For this moment, forget what you know about the comics, alright? The game, the comics, the TV series... Well, let's put it this way. The game and the comics, I think, are set in the same sort of universe, as it were. The TV series is not. It's not. It's the TV fucking... Uh, rendition of it. I don't know what you call it, but it doesn't really matter. You don't need to like them in order to enjoy this game. This game is The Walking Dead. is Lee. You are in a police car, being driven to a prison. On your journey, the policeman is nattering a load of old bollocks. You can choose to talk to him, you can ignore him. It doesn't matter, no one really cares. But as you're driving along, a person walks into the road and catches the policeman by surprise. The policeman swerves and rolls the car. The car goes off of the motorway into the woods, sent flying a bit. You, Lee, 
managed to escape your bonds and get out of the police car. Dizzy, confused, you start to walk away. Then the policeman comes after you. But you were certain the policeman was dead. Yet there he is, crawling after you. A zombie, wanting to eat your intestines. And that is the start of the Walking Dead video game. This game is pretty much all story, but it has so many different branching paths. There may be some spoilers in this bit, but honestly, if you haven't played this game already, I'll be surprised if you do afterwards. So, if you want to skip to the next part, to the talk about the retro game, go ahead. I wouldn't blame you, but if you want to just sit back and relax and enjoy this, here we go. Story-wise, as we've just said, you are Lee. It's simple as that. You are Lee, this guy who was a prisoner on his way to prison... And then shit happened, and yeah. After the police car, Lee will find his way to a garden, basically, the back of someone's house. So a backyard, if you're an American. In there, he finds a little girl in a treehouse. She's scared. She doesn't know where her parents are. I am skipping bits. Yes, I'm skipping bits about the nanny and all sorts. I'm not going to say every fucking thing that happens in this damn game. There are so many branching paths, so many different choices to make. There's not really much in the way of other stuff. There's like some investigating stuff. You do gain control of Lee. You can move him around. You can make him walk places, run on occasion. Sometimes you need to find stuff to do stuff. It's like the door is locked. The key is destroyed. It's got a chain. So you go looking for some pliers or some shit. It's got that kind of detective element to it. It's in third person. As a player, you can examine and interact with characters and items. Sometimes you'll get this bit like uh, someone will say they're starving. They can't talk. They can't think. But you need this bastard to help you. So you go looking for any old food to get him. You know, there's stuff like that. That's the best way I can describe it, really. There's also many choices where you have to pick between people. Let's just say there's this one part where there's a convenience store. Is it a convenience store? No, I take it back. It's a pharmacist. The zombies break through the windows. They grab two of your friends. You only have time to save one. And that will, of course, affect the rest of the story. Which one do you save? Who do you like the most? Because the other one will fucking die. Just like the comic... TV series I'm ignoring. I'm going to use the comic as reference because that's what I'm more familiar with. People are expendable in this story. No one is guaranteed to live. No one. There are a lot of quick time events, but some of them are some of them are okay. Some of them are fine. Press this. Oh, yeah, good thing I press that. And other things are bullshit. There are some bullshit bits. We like. What do we do? What do we do? I do. Oh, fuck you! I'm dead again. And you could try it three times in a row. Go, what am I meant to do here? I can't piggin' do it! As you're crawling away from the zombie, you're not meant to attack the zombie. Look right, there's a crowbar. Grab crowbar, hit with crowbar. Fuck you, alright? There are a few bits like that. A little bit bullshit. You've got to die before you would even think to look right when this thing's coming towards you. You're thinking, no, kick it! Kick it the fuck away! No, there's a crowbar there, by the way, didn't you know? <laughs> that kind of shit. 
The game is episodic, meaning that it's done in episodes. It's cut into five of the fucks, I believe. And at the end of each one, you will get a tallied result of how you did. So let's say you get the choice, like, without going into too much detail, because I don't want to give away too many spoilers. The people you could have saved, person A or person B. You can only save one. So at the end of said episode, it will say you saved, let's say, person A and person B died. It might say something like, you and 82% of players chose person A. It tallies it up on the rest of the people in the world that have obviously had their results go online. It doesn't just magically know this shit. And if you, usually, usually, if you go by what the broad variety, uh, by what the masses of people have chosen, right, that's normally a good sign that you're going towards a good ending. It's not a the good ending. There's A and, you know, there's a bit of a variety on it or blah, 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 blah. If you go with what people don't pick, like you and, uh, I've forgotten what my number was, let's say 13% of people in the world chose to save person B and shit like that. If you pick the lesser percent, that does normally mean you made the bad choice. Not always. I mean, there's a character named Kenny in the game, right? I love Kenny. Kenny's fucking awesome. He don't give a shit. He's American as fuck. Everything about him is cool. The first time I played the game, I sided with him on not everything, but just about everything. The thing is, you could side with him the whole time, but that one time you don't side with him, he decides to be a dick. He's a bit like that. That's Kenny for you. But the thing is, sometimes siding with Kenny is not the right thing to do. Kenny's very brash. He doesn't think things straight. He'll say, well, let's go there and kill these fuckers. That's not what is the right thing to do. Sometimes it's a case of, no, be strategic. Be smart. Think it through and do it properly. Rather than run in there, guns blazing, and fuck up the place. Because you might fuck up not only the place, but you could shoot a friend or something mad. Or something bad will happen. But I couldn't help it. I picked Kenny through pretty much um, my entire first playthrough. Everything involving him. I went with his decision because I just thought he was cool. I got a pretty crappy ending. It wasn't brilliant. <laughs> so fuck. After that, I decided I'm going to go complete opposite of what Kenny says. And him and Lee were arguing all the time. But it built this great character development between the two of them. They were always at odds, always at a, a step away from punching each other in the face. But it really worked. The chemistry was great. The storytelling in The Walking Dead Part 1, as it some people call it, is incredible. It's a great story. It really is. There's no wonder this game built Telltale. Throughout the game, Lee does bump into other characters that are famous from The Walking Dead. These are characters from the comic, because remember, the TV series doesn't follow the comic strictly. This game, I'm pretty sure it does. Like, not 100%, because you might make certain choices that change how things go, and that will affect them characters so it doesn't quite work with the comic. I hope that makes sense. It's kind of hard to describe, you know. But you will bump into, let's see, there's Herschel. You will meet Herschel. You will be on Herschel's farm. You will meet Glenn. Is it Glenn? He's there. The most important person that you meet, though, is the little girl that Lee tries to help and save. Her name is Clementine, if I haven't mentioned that already. Clementine 
what an incredible character she is and will become. I mean, there's so many fucking cool characters in The Walking Dead TV series, comic, games, but they all do a dumb thing every so often and they all become annoying or there's something about them you just think, I'm so sick of you. Like you might be a preachy goody two-shoes git or, oh, look, he's going off on one again. Here he comes, boys. He's so cool. Clementine is very human. Every decision she makes is not the righteous do-gooder one. It's not the badass, oh, get everyone one. She's just a person. It's very honest, very hmm, detailed and complex character. But you are there for the complex character development. In the first game, the one we're talking about today, Lee is basically a guardian. He kind of adopts her because when shit hits the fan and zombies take over, she doesn't know where her parents are. The parents just aren't there. It's kind of a safe bet what's happened. Lee decides to help her. Take her on. It's your job throughout the game to protect her. And that's not a case of, oh no, she's in trouble again. It's not like fucking Dead Rising, is it? Where a stupid little girl needs fucking anti-vaxxy zombie bollocks pills every two minutes. No, it's not like that at all. It's just a case of helping her. You put you and Clementine first. Everyone else... Yeah, you're there for the story, but they don't matter as much. There's many other things that happen within this game that I don't want to spoil. I really don't. I know there's some things that have been a little bit spoiled today, but nothing big. Because this game is a great one to try. There's many fucking Telltale games out there. There's there's a stupid amount in the short time this company existed. Because it was fairly short. In fact, give me a minute, I'm going to find out how long they were around. They were founded in 2004. But they went defunct in 2018. It's not a very long time, is it? The game's got fairly good graphics. They're kind of cartoony, but not overly so. The music, really good music. I have the soundtrack. I fucking love it. The music, like, there's one part where you're in a school. I won't go into any further detail about that area. Except to say that the music in the school is fucking creepy. I mean, it's really good. Really fitting. I got a lot of uh, old school Resident Evil vibes from that. I have no idea how much this game costs now. I know it's on the Switch, uh, PS4, Xbox One. I don't think you can play it via your PS5 or Xbox Series, whatever the fuck. But I don't know. I don't have either of them consoles, so I can't state for a fact. Maybe you can, who knows. The game got some fucking good reviews across the board, but the thing is, because it's an episodic game, it was released episode one, a new day. Then months later, you got episode two, starved for help, and it kept going on like that. Now, of course, you haven't got that problem. You can get all of it in one fucking go. That makes life a lot easier. It's a great horror game to try. If you are unfamiliar with anything Walking Dead, brilliant this is a great place to start if you are familiar with walking dead and like so many people you are burnt out on the series on the fucking telly i never even watched the last couple of seasons when they got to oh god what was the name of the place um shit i I forget the name of it um rick's son got shot in the face or some bollocks after that Right, I just completely got bored. And everyone says, oh, you should have kept watching. Negan appeared. 
Yeah, I read the comic. I didn't like Negan in that too much. I just thought the guy swears more than me and he's a dick. Maybe I'm a dick. Yeah, whatever. But if you are bored with the TV series, then this is still a great thing to play because I bet you it'll have all the things you enjoyed about The Walking Dead and it will cut out all the bits you were just so fed up with. It's a great game. It's kind of been forgotten about because Telltale did shoot themselves in the foot. But I highly recommend this one. And that is it for the modern game of the day. I say modern. It's not really modern anymore, is it? I mean, it first came out on a fucking PS3. And for PS3, I think it came out in 2012. Oh, shit. That means this game's like 10 years old. I didn't even think of that. Wow. Modern-ish. Whoops. It's still awesome. And it's not old enough to be classed as retro. Therefore, I suppose it's still in the realms of modern. Speaking of retro, we're going to move on to a game that's very dear to me. Mm-hmm. Very dear to me. Some people grew up with Doom as their first-person shooter back in the day. I didn't. I didn't get to play Doom for four-ish years. Not quite five, but a few years. So, whatever. This game, the one that I honestly think is better than Doom. You can disagree with me all you like. It don't matter. This is Alien Trilogy. no secret that I am a big fan of the Alien franchise. And in this game, you take the role of Lieutenant Ellen Ripley. The player experiences a story loosely derived from the first three films of the Alien franchise, so there's no fucking Alien Resurrection. I don't think that film would even come out at this point. Aside from occasional CGI cutscenes, the plot is told through text-based bollocks, but the game pretty much begins in the same manner as Aliens. I know it's Alien Trilogy, but it's got a lot more of what happens in Aliens than anything that happens in Alien or Alien 3. I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, bugger ya. This is loosely based on the fucking films. Alright? It's not canon. It's not even trying to be canon. That's the important thing we have to take in here. This game never even wanted to be based on one of the films. It was just meant to be a clusterfuck of everything that was alien. That's all it was. It was like a compilation of everything into one thing. I mean, in the game, Ripley is a marine. She's not a marine in the sodding movies, but she is here. And you know what? You honestly won't give a fuck when you're playing the game. 
basically all of the other Marines, Hicks, Hudson, they're all dead. They're all dead as shit. They're gone. A little side note here, something I found out today from uh, Bill. Cause remember I said at the start how we went to a uh, car boot sale? Well, we were nattering shit, as you do, and we were talking about aliens, as we pretty much always do. And he was telling me something mad. Apparently, Rotten Tomatoes, fuck them guys, by the way, have lowered their review of the second film, Aliens. I was like, they've lowered it? One, who cares what they think? Two, why? Why would you lower the review of a film that's been out forever? I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is a load of old shit. I mean, Bill also told me that apparently what they rate as the best film in the world, the best film in the world, better than Aliens, better than Godfather, better than um, anything, anything that is the best film, they say this one is better than it, and that film is Black Panther. It's like, really? I haven't even seen Black Panther. I don't want to see Black Panther. You know why I don't want to see it? Because I'm not that much of a Marvel nut. I don't know Black Panther from comics. I don't know Black Panther from fucking anything. So I don't fucking care. I don't want to watch the film. I and mean, even if I did watch it, it'd probably be like, it's all right. It's not bad. Don't think I'll bother watching it again, though. I honestly think that's how I would react. I think it's a pretty fair guess. So for Rotten Tomatoes to say that that was the best film ever is weird and stupid. So why did they lower their review of Aliens? They said there was a racist scene. Like, Racist? In fucking Alien? Where? 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 There are a number of black uh, marines. One of them, uh, what's his name? Apon? Apon? It's on the tip of my tongue. That dude is in charge of the marines, pretty much. Well, he's second in command, but he's in command of all of them. He's black. So how's that racist? So it can't be that, can it? Bill had a theory. He might be right with this one. There's a bit where Hudson says a joke about Vasquez thought they said illegal alien and signed up. Ha, ha, ha. And she says, screw you, man, you know. And he thinks that's the bit they're on about as racist. It's like, what the fuck? That's not ra- Fuck you. You can't say anything these days without pissing someone off to the point where they get their knickers in a twist so they have to write something on the internet. It's a sad, pissy little world we live in. And I know this has got nothing to do with the fucking Alien Trilogy game, but I wanted to say it because I think it's dumb. Also, once again, Rotten Tomatoes, fuck yourselves. Anyway, Alien Trilogy! I first played this game on the PS1. No, that's a lie. I didn't. I played it on the Sega Saturn first. My parents split when I was very young. Uh, my mum bought me a PS1, my dad bought me a Sega Saturn. And the game, one of the games, was Alien Trilogy. I love that game to bits. I'm trying to remember the password. Now, I won't lie, I got Alien Trilogy a little way down the line on PS1 as well, because it was was dirt cheap. I mean, it was like a fiver or something stupid, and I thought, fuck it, I'll have it on PS1. That may have even been the start of me enjoying comparing games from system to system. Because I didn't own an NES. I owned a Master System. But I did own a Sega Saturn and I did own a PlayStation. Alien Trilogy was on both of them. So that might have been where I first thought, huh, there's a difference between these games. Because of what the consoles are capable of. That might be where this all started off for me. I'm still fascinated by that shit to this day. Anyway, there was a password on one of the Alien Trilogies. I honestly think it was a PS1 version. 
that this was the ultimate cheat. Uh, to type it in, you didn't have all the letters of the alphabet. I don't know if you had all numbers. Let me see if I can remember this. I'm not looking online. Okay? Full disclaimer, I'm not looking online. I'm trying to remember this. This is the test. If I get it right, hooray. If I get it wrong, you know, big deal. Okay. Eyes closed, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Type in at the cheat code bit. 1G0TP1NK8C1D B00TS0N, I think. And if I've done that right, it basically looks like it says, I got pink acid boots on. Now, how cool is that shit? Again, I don't think that's the same cheat for both systems. I think uh, PS1 version has that. I think the Saturn has something else. I don't know if the Saturn one is as witty, but I'm pretty sure it's different. Anyway, I can only remember it because of the I got pink acid boots on. I remember as a kid, I found out about that cheat code, and I kept putting it in because I sucked at the game. I loved the game, but I sucked at it. Putting the cheat code in from a book, and then a friend of mine once uh, was talking about it as kids, and he said, oh yeah, I got pink acid boots on. The fuck you talking about, mate? He's like, look at it. He wrote it down in Biro, and he says, read it as if the ones are eyes. The eight is an A, so acid, eight-sid, you know. I was like, oh yeah, fuck me. All those years, I had to keep writing it down and remembering it. It's like, no, I've just got to remember this one bloody phrase. And it gives you god mode and level select and all this other pony, infinite ammo, all weapons, blah, blah, blah. That's all the horse shit, <laughs> a load of old crap. Let's get to what the game is actually like. Because we've talked about story, a load of old crap to do with uh, Rotten Tomatoes, fuck them. And now a load of old pony about me remembering a dappy cheat. As stated earlier, this game is essentially... A Doom clone. It's quite funny, really, because id Software, who created Doom, originally, before they came up with the idea of Doom, they thought, let's do an alien game. Let's do a first-person shooter where you're hunting down alien. And everyone was like, yeah, that's badass. They were going to go with it. But in that same conversation, pretty much, they said, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There'll be licensing... There'll be people taking over. There'll be people saying this and that. You have to do this. You mustn't do that. Like People would take over and they're like, ah, now fuck it. That would have been really cool to do, but it's just not worth it. Especially at that time, because at that time, id Software were making a name for themselves, but they were not gods in the gaming world. That's when they decided, fuck it, we'll make up our own thing. What's really generic? Demons. There we go with demons. I like to see anyone comments with that. Fucking the church can get involved and they can piss right off. <laughs> So like Doom, Alien Trilogy has a lot of these secret areas, doors, and all this bullshit. It's got more of a story element, but again, it's in text element. So it's not a pisser. It's there if you want it. And if you don't want it, well, you can fucking skip it pretty easy. Let's face it. It's got face huggers, for one thing. These little bastards, if they get on you, you get the screen covered by a face hugger. It's like, shit. Um, if that happens too much, yes, you get impregnated and you are so doomed, unless you can find a way to cure yourself. Yes, I know, there's no cure in the films. This is loosely based, remember, it's loosely based. If you got a face hugger on you that easy, then the game would be done. So there has to be a way to prolong the character's life, obviously. So, yeah, we've got chest bursters as well, although off the top of my head, I can't remember seeing them. That part is gone. I remember seeing dog aliens 
which I think I think the correct xenomorph term for them is runners. But back then they weren't called that. They were just called dog aliens. You've got the adult aliens, which is soldiers or warrior aliens, as I better know them. And of course, there are queens. I think there's three queen aliens in the game. I think. There's uh, 30 levels in the game. I'm pretty sure there's three. So there's one to every 10. Here's something interesting. I have a bit of research in front of me. The console version, as I knew, only had single player. But the DOS version featured deathmatch network multiplayer. I didn't know that. So Doom, yeah, you weren't the only one that could do it. They sorted it for Alien Trilogy as well. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. But another thing that is also very interesting... Many of the game's sound effects, such as the cocooned colonists whispering, Kill me! And the alien screeches. All of that cool shit. That was sampled from the films. How awesome is that? I love that kind of shit. That's fucking brilliant. Review-wise, its highest seems to be like 8 out of 10s here and there. Its lowest, 7 out of 10s. So it's Above average game, not perfect, but still fucking good. I think he even won a Game of the Month award somewhere for the PlayStation 1. I think it was for the PlayStation 1. I do know the game was criticised a little bit for being too dark. I think that's because when you play Doom, despite the fact it's meant to be hell and demonic and scary, there were a lot of bright bits you could see quite clearly. Alien Trilogy? No, there's a lot of dark corridors. There's a lot of spooky shit. So, it can be a bit dark. Funny thing is, as I said, I've played the PS1 version, I've played the Saturn version. Here's what I can tell you. The PlayStation version, right? Its CGI opening cutscene was obviously better. But I think the Saturn's main gameplay was better than the PS1's. Definitely not by a tremendous amount. De- definitely not. It, it really, there's no worse version here. Both of them are fucking great. It doesn't matter which one you play. But the Saturn one did play that little bit better. Sound quality, which was better on which, couldn't tell you. That I can't tell you. My, I can tell you what my eyes say. I can't tell you what my ears say. I keep hoping that one day they'll bring out some sort of a Doom compilation shit with loads of the best Doom-like games and Alien trilogies amongst them. Because let's be honest here, all right? Let's be honest. This was the first good Alien game. I mean, it was Alien on Atari 2600. It was a great thing to own. It's one of them things in my collection that I love having, but it's a crap game. It's, it's not brilliant. It's a Pac-Man clone and not a very good one. We had Alien 3, NES, Master System, Mega Drive. Doesn't matter where you play that game. The majority of people will tell you it's crap. I've got Master System 1 and I've got the Mega Drive 1. The Mega Drive 1 looks best. Uh, it's fucking difficult with Sin. Master System 1 obviously doesn't look as good, and the music is a bit wanker, but I can get way further in the 8-bit one. I mean, way further. But Alien Trilogy was just an awesome shooter. The level design was nowhere near as complex, detailed, and nice to look at as Doom, but I felt the gameplay was better, the movement was better, and if you're a fan of the films, you're going to love this fucking thing. And that was our retro game, Alien Trilogy. Now we move on to a game I've mentioned in the past, but never gone into great detail. 
This, obviously, keeping with the horror theme, but also keeping with the alien theme, I suppose? It's a bit alien-esque, but I don't know if this is a creature from another world. This has one of the coolest trailers. This is Carry On. horror video game developed by Phobia Game Studios. And it's called a reverse horror game? What's reverse horror game, you may ask? Well, let's look at it this way. Walking Dead, you kill the zombies. Alien Trilogy, you kill the alien. Carry on, you're the monster. You are the one killing the people, and that is so fucking cool. How do I describe the monster? It's actually quite easy to describe. Yeah, it's quite imaginative. It's like a cross between the Carnage symbiote and John Carpenter's The Thing. That is a very... I'm not just building myself up here. This is a very accurate description of what this fucking thing is. It's like John Carpenter's The Thing. It's got teeth galore. It can mutate, shift, change, fuck around with its body. But it's also red and has tentacles galore in a very Carnage-esque manner. You're an amorphous, tentacled, fuck knows what. I don't know if you're an alien, and I don't know if you were made in a lab. I haven't got a clue. The story doesn't really go into great detail on that. The story isn't detailed that much at all, really. But remember I said about the trailer being awesome? Oh, mate, there's an anime trailer. I saw that before I saw any uh, anything on the game, I think. Wow. When you're done, YouTube that. Okay, just YouTube it, because it was like, Oh my fucking shit! What the hell is Carry On? I had to get the game. I got it digital as soon as it was out. And then, I think it was Tom of Do You Nerd, I think he told me, or I might have told him, I can't remember how that went. We found out there was going to be a physical release via limited run games. I thought, I gotta have that. I gotta have it. So I got it. Took sodding ages to deliver, and this was before the pandemic. So that was right kicking a dick. Now, many people have released it. It's not just a limited run thing, so you can get this game quite easy physical. Which is good if you want to go out and buy it, but it was a kick in the dick for me. Went to a lot of effort when I could have just waited a bit more and got it off a damn shelf. Piss. Apparently it was nominated for the best debut game and best indie game at the Game Awards 2020. So it doesn't sound like it won, but it was nominated, and fucking rightly so. As far as indie games go, this is one I should have talked about before, and I think I kept meaning to, but I never got around to it. And you know what? Then I'll look at past videos and find out, oh, I've spoken about this, whoops. Maybe I should check that quickly. No, I haven't. Fuck you. That's my paranoia taking over. Anyway, the graphics on the game. 2D, pixelated sort of uh, style, really, but not an ugly pixelated style the game is quite a sight i really enjoy it it's not got the level of beauty of shall we say hollow knight 
it has more of a gory, realistic, yet still pixelated Stardew Valley sort of style. Not in the cartoon human way. The humans are very uh, normally proportioned. They don't have big head mode. They're not anime and like giant eyes and all this crap. They look normal. But you don't just fight humans. You rip them to pieces. You eat them. You devour them. You consume their flesh to add to yours to make you grow, to make you stronger. But humans aren't your only problem. Basically, whatever the fuck this monster is, is trying to break out of this laboratory that it's gotten itself trapped in. Not gonna say what's happened there. That story. There's not a lot of story in this game, so I'm not going to spoil it because there's just not enough there. I'd end up ruining a huge portion of the game. You fight drones, gun-wielding mecha suits and shit like that. There's a big puzzle element. And there's also a bit of, I hate to say it, but a Metroidvania kind of style. You go back and forth a lot, back in yourself when you have new abilities, all this. Um, I've played the game through twice and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. There was one part each time I played through where I, I just got lost. There's this one bit where it's like, oh, where the fuck do I go? Where do I go? There's not a map as such. That is the only thing I don't like. If you're going to do a Metroidvania-style game, you should have easy access to a map. Press the minus button, select button, whatever the fuck. It should just bring up a map. This game doesn't seem to have that. Unless it's been recently updated and has it. If, you know, it's an indie game, and in this day and age, you could just add to it. That's possible. If they've done that, hooray. As I remember it, when I first played it when it first came out, wasn't there. Bit of a pisser. Not surprised I got lost. Am surprised I only got lost once. So, it's kind of a good thing, really. It's not easy to get lost, but somehow I bloody managed it, I guess. That's what I'm saying. The music... You know what? I remember the opening music. I remember some creepiness to it, but the rest of it's not very memorable. It's just, it's not there in my mind. So I can't remember it. And yeah, I know you would have heard a bit now, but that's in editing. I haven't got to that part yet, so it doesn't exist for me, is what I'm saying. Throughout the game, you'll find yourself stuck against barricades and shit like that. Yes, as I say, you need to fuck off and get that new power to smash through. How do you get new power? As the monster, you travel through this laboratory place. You find what appears to be pieces of yourself. So the scientists had dissected you and took bits away. Reclaiming these bits gives you powers to make you stronger. So you can smash through the big barricade. I mean, when you start the game, you are a little orb of a thing. You're a nothing. By the end, you are a massive monstrosity. Bigger than... Ten people combined, I reckon. Full of teeth. Full of mouths. Covered in eyes. Looking horrific. Sounding fucking scary. It's awesome. Carry on. What a game. I truly love it. I hope it has a sequel at some point. I think they've done not so much a sequel, but like an add-on. A little extra thing you can do. Not strictly a sequel. Yeah. Anyway, that's Carry On. There's not much more I can go into without spoiling stuff. And I've kind of run out of time. Bit of a pisser. So there you have it. The modern game. The Walking Dead. The retro game. Alien Trilogy. And the indie game. Carry On. Those are the games we got to talk about today. I hope you enjoyed. 
this episode of the 16 Bitching Podcast, which was just me. It was nice to get back to it being just me. And on that subject, for a um, two to three weeks, it will be just me. There won't be an interview. And the reason for that isn't, surprisingly, the fact that I couldn't uh, get anyone on to be an interview, funnily enough. It's the fact that I don't have time. Work is... uh, at a stage where I need to knuckle down, I need to get some shit done. And when I get home, I'm I'm wiped. I'm wiped. So recording these episodes is whenever it's convenient for me. And if I do an interview with someone, it has to be when it's convenient for them, understandably. And because of work and how tired I'm going to be, that's pushing it and it's going to fucking kill me, I reckon. We'll see. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know for the next few uh, episodes of the 16 Bitchin' Podcast, it will be just me. Please let me know, though, if you would like to have a continuation of the look back at the Sega Head episode, because we could always do that for one. If not, what did you think of today's games? What games would you like to have talked about? Let me know. Once again, thank you very much. Subscribe, like, comment, and I'll see you next time.